0: Hello, this is
1: your host, Paul Harvey at Life, Passion and Business. I realise I put this at the end of the programme most of the time. And I also realise I don't often listen to the end of podcasts. So I thought I'd tell you here before we get started. So the first thing is this podcast is not supported in any way. We have no sponsorship. So if you would like to support us, do check out the Buy Me A Coffee link on this podcast app. And you'll also find it at the website. Now, also, if you are interested in the five questions and would like to answer them yourself, do check out the resources tab at the website, because the five questions is available as a workbook and an ebook. If you want to know why that's important, check out the end of the podcast or go and check out the resources tab at the website. That's enough for me. Let's get on with the programme. How do we make this experience better? And more importantly, how do we lead the world to a better place?
0: And so I believe universally that everybody has a specific calling in life. And so the meaning of life to you can't really be described on your actions. It's more of your reactions.
1: Are you exploring your calling? Are you on a life path that feeds your soul? My guest on the show today believes that everyone has a calling. Richard Blank is a native of Philadelphia and was born to a family with more than average means, and there was a plan. He was on a path to an Ivy League education to study medicine or law. But even at that age, he knew it was important to be inspired in his chosen career, and neither of those were his calling he convinced his parents to take a different path and he went to the University of Arizona earning a bachelor's degree in communication and Spanish for his junior year at the age of 21 he took a semester at the University of Madrid absorbing the language and the Spanish way of life while he did enjoy the party scene he took the opportunity to travel on trains and stay in youth hostels explored the art and culture of Europe On returning to the US, he took an internship with a Spanish TV station and for a while, another job working with an importer of Corona beer. But he used his bilingual ability and communication skills to create opportunities for himself and built a career in telemarketer training. The life-changing break came when he was 27 years old. He relocated to Costa Rica to train employees for one of the larger call centres in San Jose. He was hooked on the industry, the country and the culture and stayed. In his mid-thirties, he started his own call center with just one seat in a communal office. It was a slow and steady build. Today, he owns his own building and directly employs over 150 people. And over the last 10 plus years, he's trained well over 10,000 bilingual telemarketers. And he also collects vintage pinball machines. What is so interesting about this interview is that Richard has nothing to sell, but reached out to me because he was inspired by the work that we do and the stories that we share at Life, Passion and Business. Our conversation is not about telemarketing. It's about Richard's life, about his philosophy that has helped him move to a new country and build a successful business, giving back to his adopted community. Richard firmly believes everyone has a calling. For him, it was to major in Spanish and explore the culture, and look where that got him. Let's join the conversation with Richard Blank. So this is Life, Passion and Business, and we're all about the story. So Richard, where did it all start from you? So happy to be with you today,
0: Paul, <laughs> and there's so many stories that I can share, but I guess my story began with my life's passion, which was learning a second language, when mm-hmm. I up in northeast philadelphia i decided to double down on my favorite class in high school which was spanish i knew that was going to be opening doors make me marketable and i'd be able to follow a certain passion that i did have which i know once again would be taking me to far away places and embraced by other cultures and this is where we are today here in sunny central america costa rica oh wow that's a that's
1: a nice warm place to live isn't it Beautiful
0: tropical weather. For your audience that may not know geography so well, we are north of Panama, south of Nicaragua. Costa Rica is the only democratic society in Central America. We have no standing army, so they put their money back in education. There's a 95% literacy rate. We have the most neutral accent out of Latin America, the best infrastructure, and we're known very much for eco- tourism so people come here for the beaches waterfalls, surfing monkeys and iguanas and someone like yourself in beautiful scotland would definitely be a change so, of pace so you've been there a while i take it for over two decades sir i've been here oh, for wow. 22
1: years wow mm-hmm. wow wow has your accent changed since being there
0: uh, actually i think it's got a little worse i <laughs> emphasize my philadelphia accent a little bit. More <laughs> that point,
1: well that's uh, what happens when you go abroad But because you actually use that accent isn't it like people british people become more british when they move to a, they move from the country.
0: I have learned many new expressions. <laughs> and I know cursing in, in different parts of the world, but um, I think the most important thing, my friend, is just having an open mind towards yeah. other cultures and whatever we grew up with in Philadelphia and in Scotland might not be you know, important somewhere else. And so they're really judging you on your essence and who you are and your mm-hmm. kindness. And for me, I know that a smile is universal. And when someone offers you food, you definitely take it, and if they offer you a second plate, you take that too. So these are the sort of things I
1: learned when traveling. So in Philadelphia, where you grew up, what was what, did you have any thoughts about what you wanted to be when you grew up? Did you, were you you know did, was there a plan? That's why you do such an
0: excellent podcast. There was a plan. A lot of the times, my friend, we grow up with opinions that are provided for us and mm. predestined careers. And so I was almost on a path of Ivy League to study medicine and law. And oh. I almost realized that it, it wasn't for me. It, wasn't, it was a forced fit. And I know that I wouldn't be able to fulfill the sort of spiritual vision quest journey that I was on in my life. And so the argument, Paul, that I made to my parents when I decided to choose a language for my major at university was that my great-grandparents were nomads and they came over from Europe at the turn of the century. They learned English. They started a company. And if they didn't take these large risks, we weren't able to grow up in a very comfortable middle-class sort of lifestyle. And mm. so I guess I had to build on the momentum of what was passed to me from generations ago and also, once again, to be true to myself. I, I didn't say that I wanted to be a musician or an artist. I, I think those things are admirable. No, but even children. so,
1: that's, it's a very mature outlook to recognize this, you know, you, the path you're on was not where you wanted to go, even you know, in, in your, I guess, early, late teens and early 20s.
0: That is correct. And it's, you know, you're also talking about a very major financial responsibility. Mm. In the United States, you could be paying 100,000 US dollars to go to the Mm, university. And I have a lot of friends with a degree that have never continued with their studies. And so they're doing something else. And so it was about being responsible of my parents' money. Also knowing that if I did not have the fidelity, if I did not love what I do, I would just be going through the motions and I'd be miserable. You wouldn't see the smiling Richard that you did today. And maybe Paul's being a little selfish or egocentric, but once again, I can't live somebody else's life. I have to decide what my life is. And I also had to be responsible about my earnings potential. Mm. When I realized that I may be the only one out of the dozens of my friends that were bilingual, once again, it made me versatile and marketable.
1: Mm. So So what language
0: did you take? Just a second language, just Spanish.
1: Okay. But if you want to
0: consider communication as a language, I very much studied micro expression reading. So I was studying nonverbal communication and that's sort of language skills. But it was really about just to be more of a competent communicator like yourself, Paul, so we can, you know, give a certain delivery of our message that wouldn't be offensive, but could make a point.
1: Mm mm-hmm. So obviously you took Spanish, which is a fantastic language to take because I think it's the second language in the world other outside of English, the most popular language think Spanish might be. And, sure. but, and that took you to Costa Rica or did, did you go somewhere else first? Excellent question. Well, first and foremost, that <laughs> when I was at the University of
0: Arizona in Tucson, in Arizona, there was a very, very large... Uh, Latino population there. Mm-hmm. So besides my classroom, I could do dedicated practice. I could just walk around the mall, go to a restaurant, or just meet someone for coffee. And next thing you know, I'm speaking Spanish. But you no, know, my friend, my junior year, when I was 21 years old, I lived in Spain for the year. I lived in El They de Santa Maria, Madrid, and Sevilla. Beautiful. And during that 10 months I was in Spain, I mastered the language at the university. But I also, my friend, got a chance to travel Europe during Christmas. I did not go home. Ah. I was sleeping in youth hostels and taking the Eurail and having 55-minute conversations a day with people from all over the world. But Paul, you want to know what the coolest thing was? I was in my youth at 21 and I had hair. There were a lot of parties from Amsterdam mm. to Prague to Corfu, Greece. I mean... There was something going on. Well, we both
1: had hair when we were 21, my friend. (laughs) Amazing,
0: isn't it? But this is the one part where I knew I was shedding a skin, that when people were going off to the bars and the beaches and to the discotheques, which is fine, and I would meet you there, Paul, but if you didn't want to go with me, I might be going to ruins and museums and churches by myself. Mm. So when you're dragged along on a Sunday, instead of playing with your friends, you resent it. But when you go on your own time, it's different. It's different. And so I really wanted to see certain art and really understand certain cultures. And once again, I had to do this alone a lot of the times because the people I were meeting at the youth hostels did not want to go to these places. And so I had my priorities to enrich myself as much as I could at that age. And And it changed me. And so when I came back to the United States, I did an internship with a Spanish television station, Telemundo. I worked for an importer of Corona beer post-grad and so I had jobs that involved Spanish and sales and promotions but at 27 I was given a one and a million opportunity to come here and work at my friend's call center for two months to teach English
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and I took it Mm -hmm. and I learned the business from the inside and out as the proletariat with the people (laughs) so I got to learn the good and the bad and I was able to crack a couple codes on ways to enhance the experience and in my mid-30s my friend and I'm willing to admit this to you I had the maturity, I had impulse control, and I had enough finances to put my hat in the ring and to start my own call center.
1: Wow. was that? It? I mean, Costa Rica, different business environment, different regulations, different all sorts of things than you're used to. Did, was that a big challenge? To learn the
0: labor laws. Yes. And that's why I had to hire a specialist for Mm. that. But I do know this, that it's a very strict Catholic country and it is a seller's market. So as much as I want to fulfill the need of the client, it's very important for me that the agents remain with their dignity Mm. and that they can go home and tell their parents what they do for a living. And so when someone comes to me speaking English, obviously it bears the mark of higher education. They have Mm -hmm. structure and discipline. What I'd like to do is just expand on that Mm -hmm. in regards to their vocabulary, grammar, and maybe as we were discussing earlier, learning certain genres and what certain areas of the world, especially in the United States, their expressions, their culture, their traditions. So it would make their phone calls
1: that much easier. Yes, of course, that's, that's very true, isn't it? Uh, yes, uh, I can remember certainly having co- conversations with people who are, um, shall we say, not familiar with the geography from where I live. And so they saying, well, it's just down the road. And in actual fact, that's probably a three hour drive away, you know, so yes, I understand exactly what you mean when you, when you have those conversations, but we need to know a bit about the, the environment they're working in. That's for sure. Of course. So uh, um, you obviously started this business, and how did it did it go? Did, I mean, was it one, was it one or two people, and you know, from there, or did you start off with a full full crew? What what happened? Oh, I wish I could tell you a story with
0: bells and whistles. <laughs> it was slow and steady, like well, the tour
1: That's the best way it should be, isn't it? Really. Well, <laughs> I, I wished
0: I started with a thousand seats, but maybe I might have not been prepared for it. But no. this is what I do. That when I started my business in uh, October 4th of 2007, I put my website out there. February 6th of 2008, I landed my first account. It was one seat for 50 hours. Now, I could have overextended myself, Paul, but I didn't want to do that. So I was extremely conservative with my finances. So I first started renting a turnkey station at a blended open floor plan call center so i really didn't have any privacy sorry was... you're
1: gonna to have to tell me what that means because that doesn't mean a thing to me
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> a, a call center once again i'm a dedicated center that's private but i was renting a space almost like a glorified internet cafe where i didn't oh, have okay my car at
1: all. right so you're, you're renting a booth on someone's on some floor sort of thing
0: Right. So it was a turnkey plug and play station. There was just no privacy. It was an open floor plan. And so I was able to scale that way conservatively where I could pay my taxes. I could pay the overhead and make a margin. Once I started getting to a couple dozen agents, it didn't make any sense to pay that premium. So what I did was I was able to build out and rent a 150 seat station where I bought the equipment, the server room, and I was there for about six years. And then when I had enough money and stability with my clients, You could see behind me the bricks. I'm currently in a 300-seat center that I built myself that we've been here. Wow. And so a couple of things I've learned is that you need to save your money so you can weather storms because not only COVID, but I also had a a debt a couple of years ago. But since I once again was able to provide job stability, pay my bills and to have a reserve, I was able to weather that. Mm -hmm. And the second thing I also realized is that, once again, you shouldn't be taking out loans or having mortgages because if the tides do turn and you cannot pay these things, you could lose everything. Mm. So as glamorous as it's not, it's extremely conservative. And what it did was, once again, it showed the resilience of my company to be able to weather these storms. It's not for me, Paul. I, I once again had to ensure the job stability and the word that I gave the agents when they decided to work with me. And so there's no surprises, good, bad, or ugly. I will always figure out what's happening, find a solution and be very forthright. Not only with my clients, but with the agents because I believe in right bus, right seat. Mm. They could be perfect at this company but we have to decide where they would be most effective and most comfortable.
1: Yes, I guess some people are better outbound and some people are better incoming, aren't they? And and, that, and so on. Yes, of course. Nutrition will kill you. If nobody shows up at your birthday party, you have no friends. And if you're
0: a leader without empathy, and you're not once again protecting the people that work with you, they're not going to come back. And so I guess the market speaks. The fact that I've lasted in a very competitive industry almost 15 years, I've grown to 150 stable agents. I really don't have to say anything. Pretty much the people that walk with me, pretty much speak for this organization.
1: Yes, people speak for you. Isn't that wonderful? That's a lovely place to be. So where did you learn these skills, my friend? How did you, how did you get this skill? Because it's like uh, clearly there is something that you're bringing to the party that made all this work. And what, what was it? <clears throat> things on, on how I was raised
0: in my family and how there was mutual respect. Mm. But the second thing is I was also a worker. I, I got to see what it was like from a business owner and from supervisors and even co-workers. I didn't start mm-hmm. off at C-level in this industry. And so it allowed me, once again, working at my friend's center for four years and learning it from the inside and out, Okay, what I could do. And now most people, Paul, find it very surprising that being an owner of a company that I know their name, well, to me, I think that's the first thing that you should do with somebody that decides to work with you is to know their name, is to break bread with them. And I have a gamification culture here. So I'm very old school. I believe in jukeboxes, pinball machines, and retro arcade machines. So I've tried to create a neutral environment for agents to let off steam, recharge batteries, meet people from other departments, and also to be able to Spend time with me. And you're asking me questions on on what to do as a business owner. And I I don't know how to write that book. What I do know are the simple things to do is to reduce any sort of fear, to give everybody their resources and to create probably the happiest environment for people so
1: they don't leave. It's really as simple as as that well that's the point isn't it i mean originally in the 60s and 70s companies were communities people people stayed in a company for 40 years because it was a community to be in and it's only only in the last 20 30 years that it's become you know five year cycles i have got to move within you know you arrive you're in there for two years and by the third year you're looking for the next thing to go to
0: let's let's talk about that for a second yeah there's a huge difference paul between natural and a forced attrition, a forced attrition is if you show up late, you're not doing your job and yeah. you're drinking beers at lunch, I'm going to have to let you go. Yeah. But a natural attrition, because I am mentioning that Amazon, HP, Intel, and Oracle are here. So I'm competing against Amazon. Mm. And so I will lose somebody for a scheduling conflict because it might be better for their university studies. Their boyfriend or girlfriend may work there. It might be closer mm. to their home, might even make more money. But the one thing they're not going to say is that Richard Blank gave them the walk of shame, embarrassed them on the floor and fired them to make them cry. So my only reserve that I have, Paul, is that if somebody has been with me, that we should end our professional relationship amicably, where they just don't disappear. I do deserve at least a two weeks notice or at least a heads up so there's no surprises with my client. But I've also seen the positive that have come out of that. If somebody happens to leave without giving me a notice, I do contact my client immediately. I'll have a solution. But the best relationships are built when there's chaos and individuals can work well with one another. Because if we can get through that, we can get through anything. And my clients love the fact that I am very candid. I'm very real time. And I will never throw a surprise at them. I'm very accountable, my friend, for the agent. Yes. And even though I might have not known somebody well and they could have surprised us and disappointed us, I'm still going to make that phone call and I'll be the one to fall on that sword. And I think those are the sort of things that have been able to uh, keep my reputation stable after mm. all of these years.
1: Mm. Well done. It, it clearly, it, You clearly have something very special to be able to keep, the, keep this thing rolling for 15 years or so. So well done. You need so- tenacity. You, you need
0: fortitude. You're Scottish, you know about going the distance. I, I, I'm actually not
1: Scottish. I'm actually a Londoner
0: living in Scotland, Bahane. <laughs> well, as we know that it's all about going the distance. <clears throat> yeah. Even if you get beat up a little bit and break a rib or two, we're going all the way. We are, indeed. So how do you define success for yourself? and how many people that I can promote, because I might be the trunk of the tree, but I do need my roots mm-hmm. and I need my branches. Mm-hmm. And one of the greatest things I can do is promote from within. Mm. And even if it's somebody's first day, if they show some sort of leadership, I'll have them hand out the pens in class, or be the first volunteer for the role play, or just give small responsibilities or have them sit in on certain meetings for them to see what it's like to do meeting minutes, to ask certain questions, to resolve issues, mm-hmm. so then I can put a little more responsibilities on this individual and watch them grow.
1: Of course, you're in an environment where you're training people from the ground up, aren't you? You, you tend to bring new people and train up to this condition, don't you? They come in with momentum sometimes as well. Okay. But the one
0: thing that you and I need to be very uh, attentive to is their bad habits. Somebody may have been trained differently prior to working with me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or they could be taking shortcuts. Mm-hmm. And so what I need to do is once again, debrief them on what they've learned, see what the skill sets they have. Mm-hmm and maybe reestablish a new company culture. Because we've seen the movies, Wolf of Wall Street, Boiler Room, Glen, Gary, Glenn Ross, The Prime Gig. There's so many different telemarketing movies out there. And not everybody sells stock. Not every vertical is like that. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there might be some misconceptions on what people believe a telemarketer, a prospector, or somebody that works with the telephone should be. And so the most important thing, my friend, is that we don't compromise their ethics, values, and morals. Mm. I have to ensure that, in fact, I actually reject more campaigns than I accept. It's not that I don't want to work with somebody, but if they're gray area, or if they don't follow the labor laws, or if they might have really unrealistic Expectations just for a reverse psychology, but remember, Paul, who they're speaking with. I'm a call center owner and an expert, yeah. so don't try to twist me on how many calls can be made an hour. Yeah. If I can walk backwards and talk about your talk time, wrap up time, and your CRM system, and so um, I just want somebody to lay all their cards on the table to see what I'm able to deal with, because once I have more details, it enables me to make the most educated decision.
1: Mm-hmm. So going back to the success question, I mean, that's a lovely answer about how, about, about empowering people and, and promoting people. What about success for you? What, what, what is it about your success model? Because I, I, that's what I think is very critical about it is when, when we have a clear success model for ourselves. I mean, in a way you knew about it at the beginning because you knew that the path you're on wouldn't lead to your success. So you are you you chose a path that would. So what is the model now for you other than? Well, it's definitely
0: not financial. Okay. I've made enough money to be comfortable for the rest of my life. And someone's going to tell me it's never enough. So let's, let's put that aside. Cause I don't like to gauge people on that. I, I prefer to do it on merit. Hmm. Success for me, my friend, is if I can look at my own eyes at the end of the day, hmm. regardless of the outcome hmm. and knowing that I did what I could with the best intentions and the best faith, because there's a lot of uh, variables that are out there, and there's a lot of twists and turns that happen in life. In fact, Pauls, we both know, there's no straight lines in nature, and so I'm more than willing to accept any sort of deviance from the straight line that I've been on, but the most important thing that I can do is, once again, not compromise any sort of reservations that I have, but also never to... um, overextend myself Mm. or not do something enough. I I have to make sure that once again, after listening to other people that I share my ideas, and even if we don't agree upon it, just just make sure that our positions are very clear because um, the older you get, your priorities change. And if I would spoken to my 18-year-old self and I'd let them know I'm in charge of 150 people, I'm an owner of a company, I live abroad and I collect pinball machines, the first thing my 18-year-old would have said is, tell me about those pinball machines. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to let you know that my priorities are still the same as when they were when they were 18. How many games can I collect? And how many days can I smile? Mm. So success for me, my friend, because I can't judge it on the multimillionaires or the professional athlete. Or the rock star that played Wembley. These are my own force marches that I made. These were my own specific goals. And a lot of the times, these successful goals that I've accomplished, I couldn't compare notes to my friends because they did not study that. They didn't desire that or take the risks in that. And so, as I say, we can compare success and how we play pool and how many beers we can drink. But when we're talking about our own personal successes, my good friend, you know when you've been successful, when you can look at yourself in the mirror, give yourself five, <laughs> put your head on the pillow and have a very good night's rest because you've accomplished yeah. that day.
1: Absolutely. That's the point. Success is your own. And that's what Thank people tend to forget. And, and it's lovely to hear your story around it. It's lovely to hear that.
0: It's very fulfilling. <clears throat> mm. As well, I mentioned before, yeah, there's some be. sayers out there, Paul, but I had to push through that, of course.
1: Yeah. So how does contribution fit into your life? I mean, clearly you are providing work and you're providing support for... 300 people thereabouts in your work environment so and so and I, I in our brief conversation you told me quite a lot about that which I thought was quite fascinating you were very supportive of your staff of course and I'm supportive of myself as well
0: because but, if but, I can't take care of but, myself first and give myself me time where I can meditate I can wash my convertible play some pinball work out in the morning I'm not going to be good for anybody else right And so my contributions is by setting a specific example, by showing up on time, being dressed and at the ready. My favorite part is when somebody's mother, spouse or children show up to meet one of the agents, I will specifically go outside and spend some minutes to say how amazing this individual is, because I know I'm paying it forward. I know that when someone's daughter or son gets to hear how amazing daddy is by the big boss or their wife gets that positive reinsurance of their husband, letting them know how amazing they are after they might have disappointed them recently or a parent Mm. so proud of their child. But then once again, hearing it from a boss and letting them know that they, you know, the mark of a successful parent is seeing such an incredible child. You raise them well. It's just one of those things where I I capture the moment and obviously these people come back to me the next day and say, Richard, I can't thank you enough for saying this to my mother. And I would say, Paul, it's my pleasure and you earned it. No one's done that before. And unfortunately, you're probably never going to do it again, but at least you got it once and we can talk about this. Yeah,
1: Everyone. yeah, yeah. That's the one thing we don't pay enough compliments to people, do we? We really don't. So it's kind of- well, un- I told you, <laughs> you were good looking when you when you got on the first time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but as a, as a general rule, society is really hard about delivering compliments to people we're acknowledging people and thanking people. They're own insecurity. All right, They'd probably, rather probably. knock somebody
0: down and make themselves better. Me, uh, leaders, less. Yeah. I'd rather you fill your tummy and
1: tell me how yeah. good the food was and then I'll begin to eat. Yeah, so no, yeah, it's about yeah. wind in each other's sails. It's nice to hear that you look after yourself and, and you put yourself first in that respect. Because that's what's so important. And a lot of entrepreneurs don't and wonder why they burn out. So yeah, and you obviously got the, got the secret, got the message early and you look after yourself in that respect. It's a circle. Yeah. It's a circle. And there's also balance
0: that's in the middle of it. Yeah. And as I said before, a lot of your friends would say, Richie, I don't want to go to the gym or it's too early or why do we put on the suit? Well, then maybe I'm the one that has to do that. It's, it's not the first person that stands up as the leader. It's the second person that supports that first person to show that leadership. If not, yeah. you're walking alone. Yeah. And so when I see individuals here that might be dressing better, they might be showing up earlier, there might be once again, showing that soft skills on the phone that they weren't doing before or learning additional vocabulary, then obviously I made some sort of impression. Now, imitation is the best form of flattery. I can't expect them to be Philadelphia Richard, but if I do see those sort of positive attributes of somebody that has changed, smoking less cigarettes, eating better lunch, not McDonald's, but more healthier foods, yeah. Yeah. spending time with co-workers compared to being on their phone yeah. looking at Instagram I can see people um, having breakthroughs and if you can't master this level Paul how are you going to get to the next level and it's not just work related no. it's once again it's about uh, engagement mm. and it's about supporting others because
1: once again that always comes back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nice answer yeah it's that's to really clever actually yeah and it's true Yeah, the the better we can be for ourselves, the better we can be for everybody else. Absolutely, yeah, so so true. I agree with that. So, what is it that you know? If there were, if what's the one question you like people to ask you or of themselves? First, I love
0: questions that begin with how, Mm -hmm. not why or what. That's number one. But if Mm -hmm. I had to choose the one question, how may I show more empathy? Nice. That's interesting. Should I open the door for the lady? Should I carry somebody's groceries? Should I take an extra five Mm. minutes on the phone? Paul, if you would like to talk about your life prior to buying a pen from me, Mm -hmm. I think that empathy is essential because there's nothing wrong with compassion. Some people say that it shows weakness. I say quite the contrary, you, my friend, have the leverage to be aggressive or compassionate. And we both run businesses and we both decided to choose empathy mm. over aggression because it's the same message, but a different delivery. And because a lot of people believe that you'll get the best out of somebody through fear. You may, you'll bend them, but there's are also a very good chance of breaking them Now, instead of doing something like that, sometimes I like to use a little bit of guilt. For an example, empathy might be being forthright with you. Empathy might be telling you, you got a little bit of mustard on your face or to fix your tie. And so two questions I may ask somebody, which somebody might seem as assertive, but I see it as being very, very empathetic. Mm. I will first say, hey, Paul, you know, you're better than that. I mean, look what you did last Tuesday. You did 14 deals today. You're at one. And then I'm going to say, Paul, you know, this is out of character for you. I'm not, I'm not critiquing you, but Mr. Smiles is all of a sudden kicking tires cursing can't look at me in my eyes and isn't friendly with anyone today. Yeah. And so one of the greatest things you could do with somebody is to be call the balls and the strikes, And if I really cared about you, I would let you know you got a little bit of mustard on your face. I wouldn't let you walk around looking like a clown. But if (laughs) I really, really cared about you, I would remind you of when you were the best and why Mm -hmm. it's different from where you are today. But then I will also take it a step further and realize that there may be some things happening outside of the office that I am not aware of, Paul, that could potentially be affecting your mind today. And so I'm not prying I'm not asking you to give me family secrets, but once again, we need to be very clear on what is happening. So once again, we can channel this positive energy accordingly. So I'm not just sucking in negative energy and ruining everyone's day. No, there's a very chance to put things to bed and just to find other areas of focus where then people can then start to relax, regroup, recenter,
1: and begin to grow again, and I'm guessing that that's quality and skill you bring to that because people are used to how you do that, you do it well, and and they acknowledge it and they can they can feel comfortable with it.
0: Well, it, look at my industry,
1: indeed. It's when now,
0: telemarketing, you yourself said you yell at people when they call you sometimes. Well, so. I don't yell at them, but I, I do, I do kind of like, <laughs> oh, what the hell are you calling me? You might have calls? a stern tone, but it, it, it takes its toll, yeah. I get, get sick of, an the, crypt- of I get sick the, the, the crypto calls. I'm
1: sorry, people. you can't, you know.
0: if you choose your time and so people chose an industry that might seem like walking uphill yeah or it might seem that there's resistance or it might seem monotonous by doing the same thing so if i've walked in those shoes maybe i can understand where they're coming from we all went to school you know what it's like when you are doing math problems at 10 o'clock at night and you can't get it and there's a test the next day we understood that stress Hmm. We understood where that was coming from. And so, as I say before, the best thing to do is to not give a pass, but to put yourself in their shoes and to try to give the best sort of solid advice. Hmm. So people might be able to overcome that sort of challenge. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's great. That's good. So what is it that you um, are looking for in this podcast? I mean, you've, we're having a nice conversation. What is it, are you looking for people to can connect with your company? What is it you want from the podcast? Isn't that amazing? The beauty of
0: it is I don't have a single thing to sell today. I don't have a book. I'm here today to support my man, Paul, because I love your work. And the fact that I'm here today to share ideas is, the work is the reward. The yeah. fact that I'm here with you today yeah. is my gift. And, and I believe that if I tried to force a fit or sell something for 1995, it would diminish any sort of relationship that we have here, because hey, I'm a guest on your podcast and I don't know if your audience likes telemarketers, needs one, but what I want them to know today is that they have a friend in Costa Rica, somebody that enjoys your work and realizes that what you do inspired me enough to reach out today. Lovely. But that you being a professional on the other side of the pond is willing to take the time with me. And so if anything, it's just a lesson today of two C-level executives that are hanging out because our businesses are running on their own. I can take the time during the day. I just did a 10-person training class this morning. I'm gonna be with you, have some lunch and jump back in with another class. And so I'm able to have that sort of balance, that workforce management. And I also wanted to show and share with your audience that I have a work-life balance and that I'm able to enjoy my life even though I have responsibilities and pressures it's it's not enough to break me this is what I signed up for this is what's so if, if people
1: would like to connect with you because you're an interesting guy to connect with how would they go about
0: doing that well, your first thing you do my friend is buy that first class plane ticket <laughs> especially when it's snowy and cold in the winter time. <laughs> <laughs> You're not doing that today, Paul. You can. Uh, are, you, are you on social media and stuff? People. Come, I am ab- up everywhere. You could you're just everywhere. Google Richard blind Costa okay. Rica telemarketing trainer. But we have a very large Facebook fan page, about ninety-eight thousand local Costa Rican ticos. And once this goes live, you're going to be getting tens of thousands of brand new
1: fans. Wonderful, wonderful. They're always like a always like a new fan. All right. Well, look. All those links will be available at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com, and also at the podcast app of your choice. So. We'll have those things there. Thank you. So look, Richard, it has been a joy to talk to you. I just have one final question, which I ask all my guests. What is the meaning of life for you? So many ways to look
0: at that. And I've been pondering that when you wrote that to me. The meaning of life to me is about a spiritual journey. Because different cultures, different religions, ages, sexes, how you were growing up, there could be a different perspective of life. And so I believe universally that everybody has a specific calling in life. And so the meaning of life to you can't really be described on your actions. It's more of your reactions. And the meaning of life is how you make it through this world that was here before you and will definitely be here after you. And so for me, it's very calming. Am I afraid of death? I am concerned about the uncertainty of it, but the fact that my ancestors went through it prior and it's something that everybody goes through, it's not singling me out, that gives me peace. And I also now being close to 50 years old, I've really put priority into perspective. My meaning of life to me has to revolve maybe around emotion, about feeling love, about feeling accepted, about giving energy. And as I say before, if there are certain things that I can do that can produce a growth in regards to somebody else or myself, maybe that's the meaning of life. And... I don't think people should be sad because life is a gift. I think you should treat every day as a new start because yesterday's yesterday. It could blend over into today, but it only takes a second for your world to change for the better or for the worse. Mm -hmm. What I've tried to do in this life journey, getting older is to try to double down, triple down and keep a momentum of what's been working for me so i could have a peaceful life and i know it kind of sounded roundabout, and i threw a lot of different things in my what's the meaning of life soup but i was hoping that at least the things that i'd mentioned one of them might have
1: resonated with your audience there i think it's very clear you have a sense of what it means for you and that's all that matters is that you have that sense of meaning and, and I think you're clearly a very spiritual man. So thank you so much for sharing all of this with, with me. It has been a joy to talk to you, Richard. So Richard Blank, thank you so much and all the best.
0: Thank you so much. The pleasure was mine, Paul. Really enjoyed my time with you and your audience today. All the best, my friend.
1: And that was Life, Passion and Business with Paul Harvey and my guest, Richard Blank. As he said on the show, he has nothing to sell, nothing for you to buy. No books, no products, no nothing. But if you are inspired to connect with Richard, you can find him on LinkedIn. He's also got a Facebook group. And you can find his website at Costa CostaRicaCallCenter.com. So all those links will be available at the website LifePassionAndBusiness.com. Hopefully you have been following this podcast for a while and have explored the five questions for yourself. But if not, what's stopping you? You know, after hundreds of interviews, I can say with a hand on my heart that having answers to the questions about our passion, a picture of success, an awareness of contribution, thoughts around the one question and the sense of what it all means, that is the path to a good life. Now look, You don't need me to tell you that our world is changing faster than at any other time. Certainly any time that I can remember. And we must be sure to know who we are and what we want out of this journey. Because we will not get it unless we choose it. So please give it some thought because, you know, your future depends on it. And if you'd like some help with that process... Do check out the resources tab at lifepassionandbusiness.com where you will find the five questions ebook and worksheets. Now this stuff is packed with exercises to help you on the journey towards self-discovery and it's at the amazing price of just 12 dollars 99 So do check that out at the resources tab at lifepassionandbusiness.com. Now, finally, has this podcast been useful to you? If so, please consider giving us a five-star review on the app of your choosing and, of course, sharing it with a friend because that's how people like yourself find good podcasts. And that's it from me until Sunday. As always, thank you so much for being here with me on this journey. I so appreciate your time and attention. I'll catch you next time. All the best.